Welcome to Talks at Stellenbosch Uni, Stellenbosch University's podcast where we talk about current topics and innovative research done at the university. Today I'll be speaking to Professor Dieter von Fintel. He is Associate Professor of Economics at Stellenbosch University and a research affiliate of the Institute of Labour Economics in Bonn and the Global Labour Organization. He studies the effects of historical and contemporary policies that affect labour markets, poverty, nutrition and inequality in sub-Saharan countries. Prof, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Stefan. As we celebrate Youth Day on Thursday, 16 June, we cannot ignore the high unemployment rate among our country's young people. Based on your research, which historical trends have shaped unemployment in South Africa and where do younger generations fit into this picture? Yes, that's a very important question because if you look at the latest statistics, our unemployment rate overall is about 34% in 2022, the first quarter. But if you look, focus on the youth, uh, age 15 to 24, it's nearing 60%. And age 25 to 34, it's as high as 40%. And this excludes those who've stopped looking for work completely. So these are only people who are looking for work or have a job. So the situation is dire. Um, but if you look at historically, that's changed quite a bit. If you look 50 years ago, unemployment wasn't a big buzzword in South Africa. We don't have very good statistics on that. But by all indications, unemployment wasn't a problem. One of the big features of the labor market was the migrant labor system in South Africa, where typically uh, most South Africans lived in former apartheid homelands. And if they wanted a job, they were they went to look for it in urban areas. And these were typically young men. So unemployment, if it was there, it was happening in rural areas. It was happening among women. It was happening among uneducated people. But since then, a lot of things have changed. Um, first of all, we've seen something that looks, sounds to us like the fourth industrial revolution, but it actually started much earlier. It's where the structure of our economy has changed, where we didn't focus so much on people finding jobs in mining and agriculture and primary sectors, but the demand for jobs has come through more service sectors. Uh, what we call the tertiary economy, and which means that it's typically very highly skilled work that's in demand. So that's that's the one thing that happened. The other thing that happened is is that when influx controls, which limited people's movements in South Africa into urban areas, were abolished in the 1980s, there were massive movements away from these high unemployment rural areas into urban areas. So that together these factors, what they've created is a change in the face of unemployment from a rural homeland uh, factor into a young urban factor. And it's got a new face. And this includes even educated young individuals who are also facing uh, unemployment. We see that there's the unemployed are mostly first-time job seekers, and it's mostly the younger generation. So millennials have entered the labor market and started looking for jobs in droves. And this, this trend has really continued and really caused, in some senses, this youth bulge in unemployment in South Africa. You mentioned the youth. Why are younger generations struggling to find a job despite having far more education than the older generation? Yes, that's right. You know, the younger generation has much better levels of education compared to the older generations. It's not unusual uh, for students to complete matric nowadays and to also enter the tertiary education sector. So compared to where older generations often had no education, but it seems to be a bit of a horse race. 
Um, I mentioned the massive changes in the labor market where we moved from a primary to a tertiary economy, which means you need far more skills to get a job. The, the jobs that are being created are high skill jobs. And there's a mismatch between the skills that people have and the skills that are in demand. And even though people have become more skilled, the, the, the job requirements have become even more skilled. So this horse race still leaves people on the back foot. The other factor is not just the amount of education, it's the quality of education. And this is a historical factor. The, historically, the quality of education has been fairly poor in South Africa compared to international norms. And the, this hasn't really, there have been small shifts and small improvements, but the youth still don't get the kind of quality of education that they need to enter the labor market. But another historical factor is quite simply networks. Um, because of the magnitude of our unemployment problem, uh, you know, we see that close to 80% of unemployment is people who've been unemployed for longer than a year. So there's a lot of people looking for jobs, sending out CVs, sending out their information, applying. Employers also have too much information to deal with. I think the classic example here is um, the from 2012, I don't know if you recall, there was the, the KwaZulu-Natal traffic departments put out a job advert for 90 officials and they got 15 and a half thousand applications and they could impossibly deal with these volumes of information. And the, what they did was they got people to run a race to, to sift applicants in the heat and actually 230 people passed out and a few people died in that process. But what we see here is, is just the volumes of applicants and employers are unable to sort between this, between these volumes of information. Uh, and to distinguish, it, the easiest way to hire people is through networks and you find that most people find their jobs through somebody they know and through informal means. And if this happens, it means you have to be in the right networks to find a job. Uh, there is evidence to suggest that uh, there's even ethnic segmentation in South Africa because people find jobs through people they know. So if I know somebody in a mining job, I'm likely to find a job in mining. So there's really this segmentation by who you know in the labor market. And by the same token, if you don't know somebody, you, you'll be locked out. And especially young people, if they don't know the right people, they tend to be locked out of the labor market if they don't have those good connections. There's also new evidence to suggest that something as simple as giving young people a reference letter improves their job chances by 50%. And this Quite simply, what this does is this resolves this problem of these volumes of information which employers have to deal with. If they have something as simple as a reference letter and not even an elaborate reference letter, it sends the signal that, um, that individuals are more suited to the particular job than other individuals. And it just helps to bring a, a, a better information into the hiring process. That's very interesting. Earlier this week, I read an article of the younger generation not having trust anymore in university degrees. Yes. And 
What about that? Uh, what is graduate unemployment? And is it a big problem in South Africa? And do you think a degree is a ticket to employment? Well, that's a very good question because if you, I mentioned at the beginning, our unemployment rate is about 34%. Uh, but for graduates, if we just focus on tertiary people with tertiary qualifications, that's 18%. Okay, so here's a, here's a, a double sword here, right? Uh, on the one hand, it's, it's about half the unemployment rate. So my one, my first side of this answer is, is yes, it's a ticket to employment, but it's not a ticket to guaranteed employment. And I think that's the difficulty here. Because of the large costs of historical high costs of getting a tertiary degree, that reduction of unemployment is, it's fantastic on the one hand, but on the other hand, there's still an 18% chance that you're not going to find a job if you're looking for one. Uh, so there's a big risk involved. It, it reduces your, your chances of being unemployed, but not to zero. And that's the, that's the, you know, that's, that's really the, the problem here. Historically, this wasn't such a big problem. So in 2008, the graduate unemployment rate was much lower, 8%. That seems to be far more tolerable. Um, but given the economic conditions where we are now, rising up to 18%, this is becoming less tolerable. So is, grad, is a graduate degree a ticket to employment? Uh, it's a much better ticket to employment, but it's not a guarantee. And um, I would say that, uh, you know, often people would come with the argument and say, well, I shouldn't get a degree. It doesn't solve my problem of, of finding a job. And look at somebody like Mark Zuckerberg. Look at somebody like Elon Musk. They were all university dropouts from Ivy Leagues. So Ivy Leagues are probably not worth it. Same with Bill Gates. Ivy Leagues are not worth it. So we shouldn't continue with our university degrees either. And look at this graduate unemployment rate. Yes, there is partial truth on that, but we cannot focus on the outliers because we aren't all outliers. Um, for the average individual, getting a degree is still improves their chances substantially. But as I say, in, with the, in the framework that it doesn't reduce the risk to zero. So I think for, for many people, this risk is very real. What if they're not successful in getting a job after investing so much time and money into getting a degree? I think the important thing here is also looking at the type of degree uh, that you're going to get. Is it a degree for which there is high demand or a degree for which there currently isn't high demand? Is it a degree where I've also observed people in my networks getting a, a job uh, in this particular field? I mentioned networks earlier and that is important. Do you observe in your networks that uh, people get these, uh, get jobs with this kind of degree? It's important to also place this in the international context. If we look at the Arab Spring, there was this I mentioned this horse race between getting uh, a higher, better education, but not necessarily finding the job. So the labor market moving slower than people were getting education. And that did lead to a lot of social conflict. And it is something that we, we need to think about quite seriously. The fact that we do have a graduate unemployment problem, it's become worse in the last decade. And what do we, what do we tell peop, young people who, who would like to embark on a degree? Should they do it or not? I, I don't think there's a very clear cut answer there.
I can just think that it that it's a massive problem, especially if you've gone through all that debt and yeah. need to repay it. With regards to the South African labor market, um, how does it differ from other African countries, and what does it mean for the youth of South Africa? So the big defining feature here is, is that South Africa is somewhere between a developed country labor market and a developing country labor market. And in developed countries, what you see is very low unemployment. And where people have jobs is they have it in formal sector jobs. So people with contracts, people working for a company. So it's, it's very formal. In developing country labor markets, you also have uh, low unemployment, strangely enough. But w what fills the gap uh, between having a for small formal sector, because that's the other defining feature, that there's not a lot of uh, big corporate jobs. There's not a lot of jobs where you're going to have a contract with an employer. But what fills the gap is self-employment and self-employment in the informal sector. So I'm not talking here about typically when we think of somebody who's self-employed, we might think of somebody who's doing their own tech startup and they're an entrepreneur and they're creating jobs. Where the big differentiating factor here is, is that people are working in, in the informal sector. Now, the, again, there's a double-edged sword here because informal sector work is low paid, long hours, hard work, uh, often in very precarious working conditions. So on the one hand, it's, it's not a great situation. On the other hand, it's a form of livelihood, um, which is, I think the debate is, is whether this is a better alternative to not having a job at all or having a job that's not decent work. So if you look at the sustainable de development goals, one of the goals is, is to produce decent work, not just to produce work. So in South Africa, we might think, let's just produce work. And it would be tempting to say, let's produce work. It could be informal sector work. Uh, but I think our goal should be to produce a decent work. So, and that's where a lot of uh, the rest of the world is, where unemployment is a problem in some places, but not to the degree that it is in, in South Africa. So the question which we should be asking ourselves is should people, instead of we mentioned, should I get a degree or not? Um, and that, that's, you know, while it re reduces your chances of unemployment, increases your uh, chances of finding a job, it's, it's not a 100% chance. So what's the alternative? Should I create my own employment? And that is an option. But again, what kind of employment can I create for myself? Am I going to create for myself a job that's not decent? Um, and that's going to mean, again, big investments with very low rewards at the end of the day. But there are options, right? So um, as we head into something like the fourth industrial revolution, uh, there we can create jobs for ourselves which machines won't necessarily replace. So the, the classic example here is, is um, w can a machine do what a plumber can do? Uh, a plumber won't be automated away. Whereas uh, maybe even parts of what I do as an economist might be automated away. Um, there are some of these very practical jobs which are amenable to both self-employment but also resilient to something like the, the fourth industrial revolution. And I think if uh, individuals think creatively, uh, 
they can create for themselves opportunities that tick both of these boxes, um, where it's not me relying on a corporate job uh, which relies on a degree and it doesn't rely on me creating a job that won't earn an income and it's also not a job that won't uh, be basically destroyed by the fourth industrial revolution. There are these solutions. So I'm not saying this is the solution. This is the only solution, but it's one solution. And I think we need to think creatively about these things. So when I, when I talk about these, these variety of solutions, yes, I do think a degree is still important. But on the same hand, I th on, on the other hand, I think something like uh, an alternative, like creating, finding a gap in the market that like becoming a plumber is also important. So what I would suggest to, to the youth is, is to consider all of these different options um, as, as alternatives and weigh these options up. I think for every single individual, the, the risks of investing in the one or the other are going to be met with different rewards. So uh, when, when I say the solution to unemployment, uh, and especially to youth unemployment, I would say it, it really requires a multi-pronged approach. There's not going to be one solution for every single person. And I, I don't think we should discard one uh, relative to the other. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining us. This has been quite insightful. Yeah, you've you've actually closed now with with some food for thought uh, for young people in the unemployment market. And all of the best. Thank you, Stefan. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Follow all the latest Stellenbosch University news at www.sun.ac.za or follow us on all the largest social media platforms.